You need to get your eyes checked. Why do I need to get my eyes checked? Because you're the only one who sees anything happening with Talvinder. Drop it. Duncan and both come correct. What? It's almost the big, big one that they blow up, which costs all the money, which Ripley can never pay off. Right. They so much so that she, yeah. she fakes her death in the third movie to try and get out of paying that loan back. <laughs> Do you think that was the, the it, that basically Alien 3 is just an insurance scam? It's so, the long con. <laughs> That's what they should have called the Alien 3, the long con. <laughs> the Fincher cut was uh, was just her like, hey, look, when when the, the company shows up, when Waylon Yutani gets here, you yep. just tell them that I was never here. Yeah. This, like step one, shave your head. Yeah. <laughs> step yeah. step well, two, get impregnated, get impregnated by a xenomorph. You know, uh, I had, jump into flames. I mean, that's how you do it, bro. I hadn't considered this, but like Ripley is on the hook for the Nostromo, which she yeah. she blew up. Also, the entirety of LV four two six and that installation. Oh yeah, yeah. So you know that approaches a level of debt where you you just couldn't possibly care. Like you owe so much money that it's like, oh well, me and my future generations will never be able to pay this off. So yeah, might as point? well have fun with it. You know what right. I mean? Let's have some fun with it. Yeah. What's the, the worst thing that could possibly happen to me through this long con is that I become an alien hybrid, but that'll never happen. Right. How? What? Is Winona Ryder going to show up out of nowhere? No, of course not. She's not going to be a droid. No. Uh, I've forgotten that she was an android. Uh, hey, welcome everybody to uh, yep. Duncan and Bo Come Correct, aka Duncan and Bo Slash Fiction uh, this season. Uh, as well as last season, as well as the uh, the season uh, after this one. Every um, season from now on to the end of time. You know, all right, so we're, uh, if you've been listening and or watching uh, the show, first of all, thank you for doing so. Second of all, uh, happy 4th of July to those watching live. Uh, it is the 4th of July here in the States. Yeah, um, happy, happy, how dare you bite and strike back the hand that feeds you fucking absolute heathens we gave you everything look how you treat us ah so the duncan's uh royalist tendencies coming out once more couldn't be any less of a royalist if i tried i I tried to play the part there and then i realized that i have no no uh, horse in this game at all duncan Uh, loves the monarchy is uh the new the new show we'll be doing yeah, which which I mean holds about as much water as Ren is a real boy. What do you mean? Yeah, <laughs> when you when you kind of look at it, just even a little bit, totally not real. I uh, look first of all, I appreciate the fact that this show has just dedicated. Itself I have no no uh, horse that uh, you know we are we are a hundred percent into Ren. You know. Um, yep. Yep. So. Derek telling you, uh, welcome to the tea party, Duncan. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, without being a royalist, I will say the gr- the biggest crime you could do to these here, you know, United Kingdoms is like cast tea and ruin it in, you know, in the bay. That's not cool. I kind of have the, uh, that Ted Lasso approach to tea, which is, uh, boy, this is just garbage water, isn't it? This is just... <laughs> That's- it's because you guys drink horrible tea. Um, having uh, been to America a couple of times, I've yet to find a good cup of tea. 
This is why, like, British people, like, uh, no joke, legit no joke, British people will pack tea bags with them on holiday <laughs> when they go Because tea everywhere else in the world is fucking garbage. Um, so that's, that's true. That's 100% true. They will pack. I, I think it's just that you guys have gotten used to it. Like, the rest of the world was like, well, this tastes like crap, but what about coffee? And that seemed to be good. Oh, we love coffee as well. I, I drink more coffee than I do tea, but every now and again, a nice a nice cup of tea, not the whatever it is. Like you just got a great way. Even your coffee, American coffee is not great coffee. You bite your tongue. <laughs> I or like it depends on where you're getting it. Like I I yeah. buy and grind my own beans, and my coffee um, is in amazing. the same boat. Yeah, I know. I can like <laughs> the the beans that I buy come with like a backstory like i could trace them to the forest they were picked you know yeah. what i mean like that's that's the good shit but see if it's just like it's i tell you what soured me of it was the like the like when you're in um new york city and um you go to like like i drink a lot of coffee i like like coffee fiend um, so if you go on holiday with me or vacation as you guys call it um if we're walking around because i like doing city breaks i like going and like investigating cities and stuff um if we do that there's lots of stops for coffee mm -hmm. and yeah like i'm a sucker for i see that sign that says you know city's best cup of coffee i'm like i'm gonna try that city's best cup of coffee turns out a lot of liars <laughs> like a lot of liars in new york say yeah. there's a whole lot of shit in <laughs> like um, let me refill that cup how about no <laughs> it's free uh yeah i'll, I'll tell you what I will pay you not to bring me another cup. Um, so, yeah, there we go. Shots fired. <laughs> yeah. Happy well, Independence Day, though. Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think most people celebrated last night, <laughs> although um, I am sure over the next week or so, you will continue to hear fireworks going off here and there, here in the States. You get the so. same on November the 5th. So November the 5th over here is Guy Fox night. Yeah. And yeah. Um, we have like, fireworks for days afterwards. Ugh yeah scare scare all the pets uh well oh, yeah the, do the dogs hate it the, yeah. the dogs absolutely hate it so oddly enough my cat's setting some off on their own really disturbing <laughs> my sleep more than, more than theirs uh daddy uh morning welcome to uh duncan bow uh slash fiction here Hi, we daddy. go let's let's enough enough boofera enough uh Ooh. enough grandstanding enough higgledy piggledyness oh dear Poppycock. Um, uh, yeah, poppycock. Let's get to what we've been watching, good and bad, which is how mm -hmm. we begin these programs. Um, Duncan, yes. what uh, oh, what have you been watching? Well, give me a good or bad first. I don't care which. Um, so I've not seen anything exceptional, uh, but I will give you something that was okay. Okay. I, I, I liked it. Uh, you spoke about it briefly on the previous episode. I went out and checked that quiet place too. Yeah, totally fine popcorn horror movie. 100%. I mean, they did exactly... I'll tell you what that movie has got in in its favor for me for a long time. Runtime. That is a movie that is in and out in an hour and a half. Yep. Yep. Like that, yep. That's how that's how you do a sequel, ladies and gents. Let's not fuck around. Let's get in. Let's get out. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. I, I probably enjoy it as much as I enjoyed the first one, if I'm honest um no more than that but then i wasn't the biggest like my all my issues from the first movie are still there like a hundred percent still there 
You know, what I mean, like when I, the, you know, if you think about it for any more than half a minute, it's like, yeah, none of this makes any sense and what you're doing. There are so many other ways to survive with ease. Um, so yeah, so uh, so that was the that was the the good. But I mean, it's bolstered by good performances. Uh, Emily Blunt's great. I do love the Cillian Murphy. I think he's a great actor. So I thought he was a good kind of John Krasinski kind of replacement. Thought that worked well for it. And like I say, I, I mean, it's is he. It can be a fairly vicious movie when it wants to be, and its runtime helps it. So there we go. Yeah, I agree with all those things. Uh, I probably like Quiet Place 2 a little more than Quiet Place 1, just because that waterfall scene is so blatantly like, why are you not living near the waterfall? Yeah, live anywhere that there's like background noise constant. <laughs> like, what the fuck are we doing here? Um, I don't like that you can see is now that we know that they can't swim. Like, if movie number three doesn't start with them heading off to an island, fuck this franchise. <laughs> yeah, they, they need to live on an oil platform and just deal with things there. Oh, uh, Derek, I love you right now. Just bring some TLC. Don't encourage this. Um, <laughs> don't go chasing waterfalls. Stick to the aliens and the monsters you're used to. <laughs> Uh, God bless your heart, Bo Ransom. You're, you're very that. welcome. Uh, Alicia, also welcome. Uh, also pointing out, I haven't seen this yet. She she said she watched uh, Fear Street 94 on Netflix, which I haven't yep. sat down and watched yet. Here's the thing I heard about it that has really put me off of that movie. And a sight unseen, but the, if you want to really make me not want to watch your film, mm-hmm. brag about the number of needle drops and nostalgic references in it. And, and I heard that, and I was like, "Ugh, okay, I'll see I it mean, at some point." I, I, I'll check it. I, I, I'm hopefully going to be watching it with the wife tonight. I, I love the concept, and I know that ultimately, where I want to of those three movies, the one I want to see is the one that's set in the 1600s or whatever it is. That's the one I want to sure. get to, right? Yeah. So I need to get through this one, and this one is going to be the one because the first one is like the out and out slasher movie. Um, I, you know, which we've said before, neither one of us are huge slasher guys. We need to get through this one. Uh, but the next one is in the 70s, which is going to be like an a, a homage to a lot of kind of 70s horror stuff. And then when we get the old uh, 1600s one, it's all about witches. So, I mean, like, I am down to clown if they're, if the, you know, if each three movies are kind of time capsules or nostalgia bubbles to each of those things, because... The other two, I'm a lot more interested in. Yeah. So, you know what they say, Duncan? Witches get stitches. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'll, all right. So, I'll hit my good. Yeah. For the week, um, which is going to be censor. The ah yes, I am. A, I uh, you can't give me too much information on it because I I'm recording next weekend an episode on it. So I'll be watching it in the interim. Okay, good. Well, let me let me just walk you through the movie beat by beat then. <laughs> so what happens is... Uh, no, here's what I like a lot about Censor. Uh, it is... You're going to love this movie so much, Duncan. Oh, I know I am. It like, I, I know the, what the premise is for the yeah. movie. And as soon as the premise was explained to me, I was like that. This is a Duncan movie. So, 100% the lighting of that movie... Mm-hmm. And just the general like pace and tone of it. As I was watching, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh my god, Duncan's gonna, 
it, like it, you're gonna <laughs> ski, need to ski. change your pants yeah <laughs> so it uh but yeah there, so the movie deals with a british censor in the um the age of the video nasty she's one of one of a number of people just kind of charged with watching all these you know kind of gruesome films going through and uh, uh either recommending an outright ban or recommending the cuts in the movie that will make it not a video nasty Mm -hmm. And that was really interesting because it, it's an era um, in terms of just kind of British censorship that I'm I'm interested in. Oh yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't sit with that for the entire film, but it's kind of an interesting little jumping off point. And uh, and then it, you know it's very much one of those like, well, is this really happening or is she going crazy? Kind of movies where. Yeah. Uh, you know, the broad stroke is she sees a film that reminds her of an event from her past where her sister went missing and is now kind of presumed dead, but we don't really know if her sister is dead or not. And, and when she sees this film and sees this actress that she thinks looks a lot like her sister, it, it sort of puts her on the path uh, to, to discovering, is this uh, is is this person really my sister? Uh, I've got to go track down this kind of auteur director that makes nothing but, you know, these kind of gruesome slasher movies and stuff like that. <laughs> um, it, it's super interesting. Um, the the end of it gets a little on the nose for me. Like, it doesn't really hide what's happening uh, towards mm -hmm. the end of the film, except in the last few shots, which are wonderful and remind me a whole lot of St. Maud. Nice! So, if, if you... <laughs> If you enjoyed the happy, feel-good times that you had with St. Maud, let me recommend Censor, which is equally feel-good. But they make a nice, like, that would be a nice double feature as far as, like, these are two movies about just the degradation of somebody's psychology. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, really interesting, really good, really beautiful at times, uh, really well shot um and and again a nice like hour 30 hour 40 runtime it's it's not screwing around so yeah it's, memory serves as well it's a, a debut feature by a female director as well yeah she had done a short film is my understanding that's very similar to censor in in mm -hmm. terms of of being set at that time and and sort of having to do with the video nasties and that kind of thing and yeah i mean it's i i won't get into it but there there is a there's a thing that happens visually within the movie in the last act that I really dug where it, it just the kind of the way that the movie appears changes. And I really, oh. it. Um, but yeah, so I, I won't say more than that other than to say censor is available on streaming platforms. And if you, if you want to see uh, if you are in the mood for something that's a little bit unusual, it's, it's certainly uh, an art house kind of horror film, not for everybody. Um, you know, if you thought Quiet Place 2 was the best horror movie you saw this year, maybe Censor ain't your guy. Um, but yeah, it, it's quite good. And Derek pointing out in the, uh, in the chat that the, the main actress from Censor is in Wrath of Man, that Jason Statham film. Oh yeah. And she's very good in Censor. She's, uh, it, it's, it, it is an all around impressive kind of movie. And I, I want to go back and watch it because if I had any complaints with it, it's that, Sometimes I think the pacing can get in the way because it is mm. a very kind of slow, deliberate film. 
But then the more I look back on it, the more I'm like, well, I don't know what I would have changed about that either because it kind of yeah. all leads to sort of the the maniacal nature of of the last uh, the last part of the movie. So, um, give me something stinky. Well, I was going to say the the other thing about um, talking about like uh, female directors coming off a debut, um, Fear Street. The trilogy is being directed by, this is basically the first movie from the director that did that movie, Honeymoon, from 2014. Oh, sure, yeah, the one with uh, Rose Leslie? Yeah, okay. from Game of Thrones. So yeah, this yeah. is, this basically, this is her coming back to do something, and she landed all three of those. So I was, I was, I know I was on the minority on that, but I was really high on Honeymoon. I thought it was a great movie. Um, so it's great seeing her land something that will get her a ton of exposure like like regardless if it's seen as being a success i think it probably will be just on the platform it's in she's gonna get whatever she wants finance next which once again i think is important because i think we need we need voices from different genders different backgrounds races etc all of that in in our horror industry because all it does is makes it better so totally uh, agree oh well not yep. necessarily about honeymoon i thought honeymoon was dreadfully predictable and ultimately dull but <laughs> but i've heard the same about your sex life so there we go oh duncan <laughs> how <laughs> hurtful i apologize that was made up that's not what i've heard at all it's only been five star yelp reviews um right so. i mean have you seen what's going on on TripAdvisor these days <laughs> take a trip to Moose penis yeah, it... don't. <laughs> Careful with the curve, they say. Oh, <laughs> uh, right, in terms of the bad movie, in yeah. terms of the bad movie, yeah. um, I don't think I'll be. I don't think I'm talking at a turn on this one. Um, this is a summer series movie, uh, so I've recorded twenty. What was last night? Twenty thirteen was last night, um, and a little movie called Hatchet Three. Oof. Oof. was in there i watched all and those hatchet movies recently so i'm i'm kind of all right i'm ready for this let's do it well i've never seen the last one so oh i haven't I've seen, seen the victor crowley one either i stopped yeah, so i've seen that i see i i've watched the, the three yeah movies and that third movie is just soulless uh like as a absolutely soulless outing which i mean there are bits i can i can appreciate the practical gore and that's about as far as I go. I don't mind Victor Crowley as a character. I quite like him. But everything else about it is devoid of any real passion in the project at all. You know what I mean? The script is very lazy, like incredibly lazy. It is full of kind of soulless cameos where people just show up because they're friends of Adam Green. Yeah, like, but hey, I, I think the movie. first two are like that too. I don't think that Hatchet 3. See, I, I, I like... I, I, I like Hatchet, I don't love Hatchet. I have a, a bit more time for Hatchet too, because Hatchet Two to me has a bit of humor about it and kind of feels like a schlocky sequel, whereas Hatchet Three just feels like the phone in entry, you know, that every franchise has where we're like, why are we do like why are we doing this? Like you get that point where we were like, is it, it like is this is this a money laundering scam? Because that's the only way I can justify everyone being back on set to make this movie um it doesn't i mean it doesn't necessarily I, I think that my biggest issue with it is there's a, a franchise that completely ends up in a position that i mean it's trying to ebb and and copy in a lot of respects 
80s franchises, which usually are in about the the fifth entry or sixth entry where they're this cynical. And this one got to it in three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but yeah, if you're making a copy of another thing, and that's kind yeah. of what Hatchet was doing. Yes. Then, yeah, then by the time you get to the third one, like, I don't know that Victor Crowley is set in space, but it ought to be. Well, this is the, the, like the that was that was always the thing that kind of got me about the the marketing of the franchise in general. Because if you remember when Hatchet came out, uh, this is the ne- the next big great American yeah. old slasher. school American horror is what they called it. Yeah, literally all, over all the posters, every symbi, and I watched it, and it felt like a really watered down Friday the Thirteenth. Like he really, really watered down one, and then subsequently this the sequels. Um, in the franchise are like they don't even do what Friday the 13th sequels do which you have a formula stick to that formula right you've got new people in there but you stick stick to the formula and this one it it, it just is it's like a it's a hot mess of a movie like I say it's just a void of any passion like no one like even when I watch something like Jason Takes Manhattan which is not a good movie I can tell people are having fun making that movie. I watch Hatchet 3 and no one, everyone looks miserable, um, which is never a great sign. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it's, it's my bad. Um, All right, so. well, I'm going to, I'll give you mine. Uh, and this is something that Alicia mentioned in the chat as well. She said uh, that she saw both the uh, Fear Street 94 and the Tomorrow War. Uh, by process I don't know what the Tomorrow War is. Okay, so the Tom, because this, this is my bad. The Tomorrow right. War is an Amazon original film, but it's it's super big budget. It is Chris Pratt. Um, oh right, you know uh, uh, Betty Gilpin from The Hunt plays his mm-hmm. wife. So r- roughly the the premise of it is, uh, which is kind of intriguing, that in the year of our Lord twenty twenty one a uh in the middle of a uh soccer or football match um <laughs> a, a bunch of on your independence day no i know that. uh a bunch can... of uh a bunch of soldiers appear out of nowhere in this like blue light and they come out and they're like hey 30 years from now these creatures uh show up these aliens show up and they kill everybody and we've been fighting them and we're about to lose so we have come back in time to enlist your help in saving the world as is this like space jam or something where they have to play them in a soccer match kind of yeah so they're (laughs) so but the idea and and here's kind of what i like about it is they 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 start drafting ordinary civilians from all over the world to go fight in this war, and you do seven-day tours where you get zapped into the future for seven days, and then you come back. Only, only about 30% of the people come back, though, and the ones that do are, like, completely PTSD'd out, just are, are fucked up. And but does so, not fuck with the timeline, though. Well, so that's what th- – this is kind of what I like, is that – to be conscripted into service, you have to be dead in that timeline. So you have to have died in that 30-year interval. Ah, right. right, And and the people that they send back can't have been born yet so that you you don't fuck up, like you don't create a paradox, which I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of a clever idea. 
but then mm-hmm. they don't ever do anything with that. It's just that sort of the setup. And uh, yeah, and then you know it's it it lapses very quickly into a traditional big budget kind of Hollywood movie where there's a bunch of shit blowing up and there's a core like emotional story between Chris Pratt and his now adult daughter uh, who is fighting this war and is kind of leading the resistance and so forth. And it's just the most routine by the numbers bullshit you ever saw. And some of the effects work is pretty good, but you know, as I have often said on this program, you don't leave the theater uh, whistling the special effects um yeah you know it's like i understand what amazon is going for um and uh that you know it it's trying to be it's kind of my problem with with most big budget movies these days is they're just trying to be everything to everyone instead of just like let's make a a really cool sci-fi action movie that isn't necessarily the broadest appeal of a movie, but it's kind of what Netflix does. I think where Netflix makes a little bit smaller films as a rule, I guess they make some big ones, but you know, they seem to be a little smaller in scale and just aimed at a particular audience. And I think that's way smarter than trying to make these giant movies that everybody's going to like. And as a result, it just ends up being a movie that everybody can kind of tolerate and it doesn't, it doesn't really do anything mm-hmm. flashy or unusual or unpredictable or controversial. It's just, it, it's a movie that happens to you for two hours and 15 minutes and then you're done. And like, I, like I said, I haven't finished it. I reached uh, a point where I had about half an hour left and I was just very tired because <laughs> I had been at the zoo all day. Um, and which was frankly way more entertaining than the tomorrow war. Uh, mostly because I saw Sumatra and tiger, but uh, yeah, it, like by the by that point, I was like, you know what, this movie just ain't good enough for me to stay up another half hour to finish this up, and I'll probably finish it at some point when I've got twenty, thirty minutes that I need to kill, you know, waiting to leave uh, for an appointment or something. But it's it's just the most generic thing you ever saw, and and yeah. Chris Pratt is Chris Pratting it up, you know, he's not super jokey in it but has those kind of chris pratt moments uh as well and uh yeah it just it it feels like a movie that you know uh, to your point about the victor crowley films uh it feels a little cynical of like it's got a premise but then everything around the execution of that premise is completely a hundred percent by the book it is the most predictable movie like I was always two steps ahead of it where it like they introduced this female character and I'm like, oh, I bet that's his daughter. And then two scenes later, it's like, are you my daughter? Like, <laughs> All right. You know, oh, well, they're, you know, it, yeah, you can call this from the cheap seats. If you've ever seen, if you've seen 10 movies over the course of your life, you are going to know everything about this movie. And, yeah. and, and that's why I haven't finished it because I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know what the ending of this movie is, but. I at some point I'll just you know confirmation bias will lead me to finish it, but uh... yeah, I mean the, the it's a difficult genre to do as well though kind of alien war thing. I think the last one that I think genuinely like genuinely delivered in a smart way with like with a great story and great performances is uh, is at the the end of tomorrow, edge of tomorrow. Yeah, that's a great 
a great sci-fi action movie yeah, yeah and sure. that might be the last one i think i yeah. saw I, I, I can't think of anything i cannot think of anything out with that where i was kind of like yeah i'm and like this kind of feels like humans actually facing off against aliens in a way that feels like the stakes are real I think that's the always the issue for me is the stakes never never really feel real, and the weird the conceit of that movie is the stakes in a lot of respects aren't real, and that you, when you die you just reset. So, yeah. um, but but the that's kind of what made it interesting too. And and mm-hmm. speaking of stakes in this movie, again, it's the end of the world uh, is is the stakes. So of course you know there are some, but that's never it never. I don't know when every movie is the apocalypse it's hard to feel you know like like uh you're caught up in the action um and there are some moments that I wish that they had pursued like one of the things uh one of the one of the beats of the movie and this is a slight spoiler for a movie that I would tell people not to watch but uh there's a moment in the movie where the time machine thing that allows you to go back and forth goes offline and and so the the assumption is that hey in the future these aliens have just won and mm-hmm. so there is no more humanity and that kind of thing and so the rest of the world is just like well then fuck it why what's the point of doing any of this if in 30 years we're all going to be dead and yeah. that part of it's kind of interesting and and I wish that it pursued more of that socio sociological kind of stuff, uh, the way that like in Soderbergh's, uh, uh, not outbreak. What was the the pandemic movie that Soderbergh did? A a, a contagion. Contagion, yeah, something like that, where you get to see really the the society around a pandemic, uh, kind of breaking down and so forth, um. And I wish there had been some more of that stuff. I I just wish I cared about anything that happened to these characters <laughs> at any point in the movie. And I'll, I'll kind of shut up there. Uh, but I, uh, just to catch up with chat, uh, because there's some interesting points here. Um, uh, first of all, uh, I am not doing Larry the Cable Guy cosplay. I am wearing a hat because I grow increasingly bald. And, uh, you know, I, I'm wearing a hat, so <laughs> fuck off. Um, Derek saying, <laughs> all movies can't be Arrival. Very Ugh. true. Arrival is probably the best science fiction movie since Edge yeah, of Tomorrow. Yeah, it's not, a, it's not a full-on science fiction war movie, though. Right. It is. A, yeah, it's not an action movie. It's, it's like, as sci-fi movies go, is one of the best in the last decade. Yeah. Derek saying, Interstellar is saving Private Ryan in space. Only Interstellar also ends with that stupid forget about all the science stuff in the front yeah. end of this movie. The real power in the universe is love. And I got yeah. no time for that in a sci-fi movie. Yeah. I That's just the can't power of love. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't take rockets. <laughs> uh, don't yeah. need no space. <laughs> Don't need no shuttlecraft to ride this train. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. And then Andrew, uh, welcome. Also saying that he saw the Sparks Brothers on Friday. And Sparks Brothers are, uh, that, what a great documentary. Everybody yep. should see Sparks Brothers. I will check. It's on the list. It's on my it's, list. It's quite good. Um, okay. So if any of you uh, kind folks in chat 
uh have a question by all means yeah Robin, you have a have one... couple of minutes to drop them in before we start doing slasher chat so yeah and i've got to find um there was a question left for us by the ram man oh uh that uh i've got i've got to look up it and somebody else brought it up and i didn't i didn't do the uh the copy paste that i should have been doing um but essentially uh i don't know uh fill some time um yeah time filler uh it's not, not what i'm looking for <laughs> um, we have all the time in the world oh uh you know danny pointing out though starman oh. is a sci-fi movie where love is the answer totally fine with that though yeah uh, because Starman's, Starman's also John Carpenter, though. So yeah, Starman, which is not not the ending you expect from a John Carpenter movie. Yeah, yeah, but what? what and it's why he's never done it since because it was a failure. I'll <laughs> so. take, yeah, while I'm looking this up, though, uh, Duncan, you may want to uh, weigh in on the fact that we we have confirmation we are not getting. Uh, okay, I found the question I was looking for. We are not getting a Lovecraft Country season two. Which, I mean, surprised me, but didn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, I, after a certain point, if you don't hear anything, that's usually a good indicator that nothing's happening. And I think we said, even like after the first three, four months, kind of post that show wrapping up, there was still like, well, they're talking about things and all the rest. All the big players in that essentially have gigs now doing other things which is usually a good indicator that nothing's going to happen there. It's one of the reasons, I know a lot of people, myself included, are pining for that Hannibal season four, but on paper, everyone involved with that project is doing a hundred other things at the moment. Um, maybe not Hugh Dancy, I think he's in between gigs at the moment, but, you know, you've got Mads Mickles is doing absolutely everything. Um Brad Fuller has got, I can't remember what his new thing is that got mentioned recently, but it sounded super interesting. Um, like, uh, at, at a certain point, to bring things in, to, you know, to get every, everyone back around the table uh, and do something becomes quite difficult. And I think from what HBO were saying is that to them, it's not a, a risk per se, but because that first series is so linked to the first book and there is no second book, it would require them really to go off and do, you know, their own thing. And I think there's not necessarily a bit of risk, but there's a lot of work that has to go into that. Um, Misha I mean, Green. HBO, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, HBO have been stung with this before. This is True Detective Syndrome, where that first season was based on something well-established. Um, you know, like, it, it took a long time to get to that project. Season two rushed into development really quickly, script and story written really quickly, didn't land the way they expected it to. And I suppose I, I would much rather they were cautious about it. And as and when something organically comes along, that could be a season two, they maybe revisit it then, rather than rushing into a second season and giving us something. Like that first season set such a high bar that I would not accept anything except something on that level or above. Um, and yeah. that's 
I mean, that's that's difficult. I'm yeah, me and Bo, I, I think I can speak for you here. Bo, we're both gutted about it, but at the same time, that first season finishes at a nice point. Yeah, and I mean, it's it, still an incredible TV show. Like, it, it was definitely, yeah, it definitely ended in a place of like, I would love to see where this goes next, but also if this is it, what what a stand up yeah. and cheer moment that we're going out on, and it was entirely oh, yes. satisfying. Uh, Misha Green did release uh, a little bit of information from the series Bible for a potential season two, which mm-hmm. showed a there was a map of the United States that had been fractured into different camps, essentially like there's, you know, the the African-American magic using camp and, you know, that kind of thing. It seemed really interesting, but also I'm totally fine with that just being a thing. It, it feels very like british tv to me of like hey we're gonna do this limited run thing you want it done yeah yeah it's gonna be great everybody's gonna love it and then we're done with it and uh yeah uh, not everything needs to be a sprawling right you know four or five season epic i think sometimes when when you capture lightning in a bottle and that show is lightning that that show should not have been as good or worked as well as it did yeah on paper and they did it you know they fucking did it there's there's a there's a there's almost a bit of not humility but there's a bit of kind of confidence if anything in saying you know what we're just going to leave it as is and people will find it the beauty of that that show wasn't hugely viewed but i i have a feeling that people are going to be stumbling into it for for years to come and you know, walking away with it, like our our very good friend Jamie J. Salmons only watched it recently, and she was raving about it while watching it. And I was like, "That, that where where you been? Me and Bo were banging the drum for this months ago. Yeah. Like, like we've we've been hiring for that. But that that to me shows that it you know it's going to take its time to filter its way through, and it's only going to get more people interested in it. And then maybe something happens." down the road but maybe they make a like a one-off movie or something uh whatever it happens to be uh but yeah i like i recommended it to somebody on uh, like friday night i was out to dinner with some folks and Mm -hmm. and let them know like we were talking about great tv and i was like hey if you've got hbo and you want you want to see something that'll knock your fucking socks off lovecraft country is your guy um 100 so uh all right before we get to the question let me just address the uh the bald elephant in the room uh robert saying <laughs> uh stay strong i was thinning in my 20s and frequently frequently wore a hat before i just started shaving it completely bald it's a hardly to accept i've got it fairly shaved don't don't get me wrong the thing is i also uh you know i go out and about and and in the sun my my, my sensitive scalp burns uh so i got my camp crystal lake uh cap and uh that's that's how i'm living now so um also i've got a giant pumpkin head and hats are difficult for me uh so this one seems to be okay and when you find an okay hat then you you fucking wrap your arms around it and run with it keep it yeah yeah it like i've got this and i've got my yard hat that looks like uh the hat that weezer wore in uh steel magnolias <laughs> that I, I you know that's the hat where i'm like look it's me and the neighbors that are me the neighbors and jesus that's who sees me in this hat <laughs> and uh none of them are complaining so uh let's get, <laughs> let's get to our question though 
So uh, the Ram Man asks, uh, who would win in a battle? The uh, the kid from Brightburn. Oh, okay. Man. Or Psycho Goreman. Mm-hmm. Two towering forces of evil. Gal- intergalactic villains. Yeah. Going get, going uh, mono e Goreman. I mean See, here's the here, here's the problem with this scenario. Yeah. The problem with this scenario is that Psycho Goreman can only do what the holder of the the crystal commands to do, whereas the Brightburn kid doesn't have that conceit. So you're relying on it's like playing chess against a shite chess player if that person doesn't position you and get you to do the things that you need to do um then there's issues unless he's free unless we're freeing him like he is at the end <laughs> yeah i <laughs> i presume you're talking about a free psycho goreman versus the 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 bright yeah I'm, I'm well the thing the thing about the the the, the bright burn villain is we we don't know much about him I, look, I'm assuming you know that I mean? he's essentially got the powers of a Superman. Yeah. And and that you're talking evil Superman versus Psycho Gorman. I mean, I want Psycho Gorman to win, but I think evil Superman is likely to win. Yeah, that's kind of where I am with it. I, th- I think it's the Brightburn kid because, you know, he's invincible. And, yep. you know, maybe you get Psycho Gorman to turn him into a brain person or something. But <laughs> that's that's the only... <laughs> the only out you know if yeah uh otherwise this Bryburn kid's gonna fuck shit up yep um as he did in the movie uh which i i still wish that had been a little bit better i it's i, not a, I like yeah it. it's 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 fine for what it is like i i remember seeing people literally lose their shit over it and i kind of felt like mm. yeah yeah, I, I, I was I the same. The smartest, the smartest thing they didn't do was make a sequel because there was talk about that for a while and I was yeah. like, that's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I wish that it had just been a little bit... I, I know that I'm repeating myself after talking about The Tomorrow War. I wish that, had, that movie had been a little bit more surprising mm-hmm. as opposed to just like, oh, he's an evil Superman and the end of the movie being, he's an evil Superman. Yeah, and you know, I I was in into it for the Elizabeth Banks. Uh, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of hers. Uh, the mm-hmm. fact that she's making that cocaine bear movie does it's nothing amazing. but make me happy. Yeah, that uh, movie that has the potential to be all sorts of awesome. By the way, yes, yes. <laughs> if if they strike the right tone with that, of let it be a little over the top and and ridiculous. Mm-hmm with this cocaine bear, then that's going to be one of the greatest movies ever made. Um, it could be a future DBCC commentary. I'm just saying. Oof, boy. Yeah. You're not wrong about that. Um, okay. So let's get to our filthy business, everybody, which mm-hmm. is, uh, of course, to discuss, uh, episode five of season two of slasher. This one is called <laughs> out of the frying pan guys, ladies and gentlemen in chat. Oh, listeners at home <laughs> this may be the single dumbest episode of slasher we have yet encountered this might be one of the most single dumbest episodes of television i've ever watched it's um, it's in the running. glorious though. so all right kind of glorious Let, let's let's dive right in uh so <laughs> we opened the show 
on which is Nova. kind of it's kind of like let's dive right in it's kind of what glenn did at the end of the last episode yes well yes keep in mind everybody the last episode ends with prison rape in a bus yep as not glenn what's his name not benny glenn. ironsides <laughs> benny ironside which is the coolest name ever it makes him sound like a 1950s pi <laughs> ironsides <laughs> benny ironsides <laughs> this dame strolled into the office and she had legs that went all the way up <laughs> so benny ironsides has, has just prison raped noah in yeah. this bus and so we open on noah only it's five years earlier at camp where yeah. noah gets totally tom sawyered yeah this one time uh summer camp <laughs> yeah where Talvender are are now dead uh, and spy <laughs> right a character that we know is manipulative but here it's it really is oh but, dude like i uh, like let me let me just see right now we're gonna get to the scene coming up i don't know what they're doing with this tv show because what they've done is they make her maybe one of the most despicable people i've ever met on tv yeah, <laughs> like where I'm like that. Am I supposed to be like sorry that they murdered her now? Like because at this point, I like I might have been alone for the right. <laughs> yeah, Duncan, I'm not pro murder, but I'm definitely anti tell vendor, and I oh, don't God. know where that Venn diagram overlaps. <laughs> but I'm not like if she had just fallen down a hole and died. Eh, this reminds me. I think I may have told this story on the show before. I had a geometry teacher in mm -hmm. uh in middle school or high school i think high school and he was just one of the meanest uh teachers i ever had and a couple of years after i graduated um it's <laughs> he ended up getting a very aggressive form of cancer and died very quickly and i remember even at the time thinking i don't want anyone to die of cancer but i don't feel any worse that it was him yeah, <laughs> and that's kind of how I feel about Telvender. And yes, you're right. In answer to Danny said, "Is this show good or bad?" I can't tell from the discussion. It's yeah. terrible, but it's also like it's entertaining. So. It's yeah, it's entertaining at how bad it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the fact that there are four seasons of this thing is it's fucking mind blowing. It's proof that Satan exists. Think, you know what I mean? Think, and someone someone has signed one of those contracts, you know, that, that, that allows them, what, 30 years of creativity before the devil comes and takes them away? Right. I think it might be the Canadian devil in this case. <laughs> so uh, he shows up and says he's sorry before he takes your soul? Oh, gee, sorry, but uh, yeah, we're going to keep this slasher show going. Uh, I, I, yeah, <laughs> I know it's really terrible, but you know, Canadian devil. Ha ha ha. like... Like the like slasher is the TV show we deserve, not the one we wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, exactly. Uh, so anyway, so five years before, uh, Noah's carrying some wood, uh, you know, to to I presumably start a fire or something. Uh, or no, oh, he's, he's building birdhouses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. right. Yeah. And and uh, Talvinder, the girl, what has been murdered at uh, at the camp and is the cause of all this um is trying to put up tents badly and, yeah, right and she's she's really flopping here in nba terms where she's like oh i just don't know where any of these poles go yeah wink wink and yeah. 
<laughs> and Noah kind of pauses. He's like, oh, do you need a hand with anything? And she's like, I just don't know how to make these tents. Can you help me, Noah? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I guess I have a minute. And so they, they start putting the tent together very briefly. And then Tal Vendor checks her watch and is like, oh, my God, I've got to give a nature walk in 10 minutes. Can you? Oh, put- yikes. <laughs> yeah. No. So, can- oh, my God, can you, like, put all these tents together for me? And then I'm going to go do this nature walk, and then later I'll make it up to you, by which yeah. I mean an HJ or maybe a BJ. But well, that is, is almost 100%, you know, explicit that that's what she means when she says she's making up to him. Which, For once sure. again, is all the more reason that I despise this fucking character. So, you know I mean? yeah. And so once Noah's like, uh, okay, pretty lady, I'll put up your tents. Tell yeah. Tell Vendor just takes off to go find her her lady pals and is like, get All a right, drink on. Yeah, <laughs> give me a beer, bitches. I've got the day off. And yeah. while Noah is putting together these tents, he sees her go into the woods with her friends with a cooler of beer. Yeah, and then Peter comes along, and the words the words that don't come out his mouth that should is the words "motherfucker" are just "Hey, where are you going?" <laughs> you know, but instead it's it's Peter who comes up and is like, "Oh, you look like you're putting tents together. Someone Number got one. duped." And because well, he's all like, "Now this is part of my strategy. First, you put up the tent, then you build the bird box, then you get the women." It's kind of like Scarface, yeah. but in a summer camp. First, you get the tents. Um, yeah, and then Peter... Peter's uh, like... Mm, he's got a like... real sick burn here where he goes, Listen, Noah, I think someone needs their eyes checked because you're the only one who doesn't see what's happening with you and Tao. Uh, yeah, you're the only one that don't, isn't seeing how bad you're striking out. Right. Uh, and he's like, he's like, yeah, whatever, man. Whatever. And then I'm like, That's, I feel so sorry for Noah. And then we jump to post-raped Noah. Yeah, um, in the fuck Which, bus. I mean, this 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 scene obviously has a bit more credence uh, once we understand later on what... We'll get to it. Yeah. Um, where I still think the show is, like, there's this show has some serious issues with morality. Um, like, some serious... <laughs> you don't fucking, say. Like, some... The, like dubious fucking ways to deal with things, but we jump back to him and he's he's lying on the ground now a fucking broken man beside the fire, and Glenn is sleeping off that post rape. Yeah, I, don't yeah, I mean know. he's a guy. He had a sandwich, fell asleep, <laughs> and, and uh, <laughs> well, no, no wakes up and sees an iron kettle. How this kettle is in this bus is beyond me. Because I'm not aware of, like, Glenn rushing it with a fucking kettle. Well, there's a giant iron kettle in the middle of this bus. I was going to make some goddamn coffee later. You know, like, <laughs> just have myself a, a little wake-up coffee. Maybe make some bacon or something. You feel like breakfast? Hey, should should I, should for breakfast, should I call you or nudge you? Huh, Noah? Huh? <laughs> that's a old standby. That's, what, that's, that's a Glenn special there. So he's got, he lifts the he lifts the kettle and he walks over presumably to to bludgeon him with an empty metal kettle which is doing fuck all I mean out with waking him up and that's just a stupid weapon um, 
And it, he's about to hit him, and Glenn wakes up, and then Glenn tackles him down. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> just when you think you've seen some horrific things, like Glenn basically says he's going to get him to scream again. And I think the insinuation is grabs his junk really hard and squeezes. Yeah. Well, yeah, he says, well, I guess somebody woke up ready to play again. Yeah. Uh-huh. How about some more prison rape, goddammit? And and so uh-huh. then we we have our titles, you know, because uh, Slasher likes to start with a bang, yeah. uh, literally. <laughs> and then we cut over to Peter and Kira, who, when last we saw them, were investigating the RV that the real Glenn owned and is now yeah. stuffed into the freezer of that RV. Yeah. And which they have discovered. And Peter's like, well, check his wallet. See if there's anything in there. But don't leave any money either. He's not going to need it. <laughs> but there's there's no idea in the wallet as it happens. Yeah, there, there, there isn't. However, he does manage to find a, like, a picture ID of the original Glenn. Yeah, Kira like, does. Kira yeah, is the like, one who's on, on point here. Kira's always important. Kira yeah. is the best character in this show. Right. She's the one who's going to survive. Like we called yeah. that a couple of episodes. I think you yeah. were the one who originally posited that, but I'm totally on. Board yeah. She's, she's got, she's got all the attributes of a really good final girl. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm convinced now. Um, plus at the moment, the show isn't giving me anything that makes me think she's done anything dodgy in her past. Whereas everyone else has. Right. Uh, the go- next episode get done- opens with her just like, squatting over an infant taking a poop you know you're like oh my god kira's the worst i hope she dies I, oh the next episode is going to be totally about stromboli mark up, yeah oh they set up they set up a like a full-on panic attack in this episode that will need to be explained in the next episode yeah. um otherwise what the fuck are we doing here uh, anyway anyway they find the identification at proves that Glenn is the guy in the freezer, which means the guy that's out there is not Glenn, probably killed this guy, and now all of a sudden we're super concerned from Noah. You know, the guy that we accused with no evidence at all and locked him up with Glenn? These people are horrible people. So back on the fog bus, Glenn is just kind of waxing poetic about all the people at the, you know, the Borg uh, back at the communal living center. He's just like, I'll tell you what, I I want to kill all them at one time or another. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Renee is just always spouting off about some bullshit and uh, making me eat all this non-meat food. Why, I yep. all I want to do is kill them all in their sleep and make myself a steak, goddammit. And, but there was one guy, there yeah. was one guy, Bo, yeah. that he cared for. He's, I liked you. I thought you were a pretty good kid, but unfortunately, I got to kill you now on account of you knowing who I am. Also, all the right. And I was problems. thinking to myself, yeah, <laughs> I was thinking, did you think Noah was a good kid? Mm, did you? He just thought he was did good. You, and like, I, it's exactly. Just he, refers, he refers to him later on as like a twink. Mm-hmm. Um, this is fucking twink sashes up in this cabin gets me all hot and bothered this is why we're here it's all his fault (laughs) walking around in that cute little park of yours while you were asking for it it's literally the defense that fucking horrible horrible men say when they're like that well women walk around in miniskirts what do they expect yeah it's 
fucking vile, but it's it's coming out of this jack off's fucking mouth. And um, but like while he's doing this, he's well, at first you think he's whittling something, and then all of a sudden you realize he's actually making a noose. Right. Yeah. So we we leave them for a moment mm-hmm. to cut to uh, Judith, who is just like. Kind of eyeballing the dead Megan, who was a character that showed up in the last episode. Cleaning, that was cleaning the sick, the, the sick and yeah. uh, uh, foam from her mouth, um, in a kind of calm, quiet, also man- maniacally cold sort of way. Um, and then a real boy shows up, though. Yeah, Ren, definitely a real character on the show, shows <laughs> up and is like, "I was a senseless death." You know, all of this started when those outsiders came. Who's yeah. next, Judith? Uh, that's what I want to know. And Judith is like, hey, don't talk like that in front of the others, real boy Wren. <laughs> and he's like, all right, I, you know, we'll, we'll keep it on the down low, but I'm really concerned. And this is just another shot across the bow of this show is treating its viewers like the stupidest people on earth. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. I'll also say I'm now going to retract what I said in the previous episode. I think you're right, Judith killed her. Like, I was was pushing the Rainy did it because uh, Rainy is completely unhinged. I don't think... There's a scene coming up real soon where I'm like, yeah, Rainy didn't do this. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Danny asking us uh, real quick, uh, does this episode end in a rodeo? Um, No, that is, in fact, Blood Shack. Uh, yes. The film, not this episode. Uh, it does. This does have a bonkers ending, though. So bear with us. So we. Oh, cut yeah. a, oh we, yes. <laughs> we cut over to Dawn, who is being interrogated by Mark Stroganoff, the ex-cop, and Renee is yeah. there also. And Dawn just continues to insist on her innocence. She's like, "I did." Well, they, you they guys, did a, they I did a line where. Well, they, they did a line that I love here, and this is where I, I kind of thought, right, yeah, I was off about Rennie, because like, Rennie's like, that was the, the soup was full of these snowberries, and these snowberries are incredibly poisonous. You would know that. You were a camp counsellor here. And she's like, that That was five years ago. I don't remember the stuff I studied at college. Like, I, I barely remember what, you know, what I did yesterday. And you're telling me about plants and stuff like that? I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And then she looks at Mark Stroganoff in the face and she's like that. I didn't do it. And you get a flash in his eye because he seems to have relatively good judgment. Mm-hmm. And that flash in his eye where he's like, yeah, like that. So she didn't do it. Right. So, right. He's, you can, yeah, he, you can kind of see him mentally check her off the list as far as uh, potential criminals. And then yep. Peter and Kira return to the, the communal house where they mm-hmm. find Judith and Wren, and <laughs> they're telling her, like, hey, we discovered that Glenn isn't actually Glenn. And this is a really nice one where Wren uh, is piping up, where he's like, well, you want me to go look for him? Maybe I'll stay here. Do you want me to have the gun? Do you want me to take the gun? And nobody is acknowledging this. No one's acknowledging him as well. I think that's the thing as well, is, like, they're obviously really, we've talked about this before, they're really trying to give him more lines now to try and maybe put the audience off the scent. But in doing it, the only way that works is if the characters react immediately, make eye contact and address what he's saying. But everything they're saying is so clearly just a generic statement with no eye contact. Like everything that's said, said directly to Judith. 
from both characters, even when Ren's speaking. So there's like absolutely no doubt in your mind that this is just a lot of horseshit. Um, But the show is pushing, and it is not the first they are going to push this, the hardest they've ever pushed this in any episode, and it is just blatantly shit. Um, But but he's like, he's because they try and give her the, they try and give Judith the gun. Like, here, you take the gun, you and Rennie need to stay here, look after the house and all the rest. And then she's like, oh, I don't want the gun. And um, <laughs> Red's like, oh, no, you should totally get the gun. And I'm like, oh, what would... <laughs> like, and then, like, the, the like this is how you would know Ren would be, a, like, a real character. They would give Ren the gun. Right. Yes. But instead, uh, finally, Judith is like, okay, fine, I'll take the gun. And Peter's like, all right, set Phaser to kill. Well, and- it hands the gun over, and then Ren brings his hands up to hold her hands with the gun. And I'm like, what we're fucking doing here? Yes, yes, it, yes. It's very stupid. And and you hear Ren say, well, I'll stay here with Judith, so, you know, make sure nothing happens to her. And, of course, nobody acknowledges that because Ren, after all, is an imaginary character that the show has not bothered to admit to yet. Yeah, no, no other character other than Judith has uttered the words Ren. And this entire run Yes. It, oh, my God. oh, this show was so dumb. All right. So back at the fuck bus, Glenn is strangling Noah with this noose they made. He's, I yeah. used to leave this hanging up in my shack. And Noah uh, ends up like kicking over this fire pit that Glenn has, mm-hmm. has made in the bus which sends a log kind of rolling and and sets fire to a seat on the bus. And so now this Glenn's bus is turning into a hellscape. Like, but but Glenn's gut reaction is grab the fire extinguisher and put the fire out on this fucking hollowed out bus. Mm-hmm. What are we doing here? Well, like, Is this where Glenn's going to live forever? Like, just <laughs> let the bus burn. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know what we're. I don't know what, what he's fucking doing. Maybe, maybe let's get our hands on the kid that can identify us and is trying to make an escape right now. The move is to knock Noah the fuck out and leave <laughs> the bus and let him burn up in the bus. That's right. Pin it on the other guy because he doesn't know that anyone else knows that he's not Glenn. So right. that's exactly. It's so fucking stupid. As like at this point, I'm. I. I. I, I mean, I already hate. Glenn, because of what he's done, but now I like hate him even more because of his stupidity. I mean, yeah, his rape and all the rest was fucking horrible, sure. but now stupidity's just pushed that over the edge. Well, and while he Glenn, needs to go, but he needs to fucking go. And while he's stopped dropping and rolling on the bus, Noah mm-hmm. pulls up his pants and just runs out of the bus to escape. Puts a twig, a twig through the door handle yeah. as if that's going to stop. <laughs> Glenn right. the fucking the mountain man <laughs> and yeah of course Glenn just busts through it and I'm coming after you goddamn daddy and as I thought never well the thing is the thing is right ah uh, she was so fucking stupid Noah crawls away on the ground uh-huh. the ground which is covered in snow you see where I'm going with this? I think so. Like, so there's prints. Yeah. <laughs> there's these scr- a scrape mark up, up to a very thin tree, which, by the way, the camera shows he's overhanging. So. Yeah, he he plays hide-and-seek like my four-year-old nephew. 
puts his finger up in front of his face and says you can't see him. Yeah, yeah, it's that kind of thing. Where's Xander? Where's Xander? Yeah. It's like, uh-huh. like honestly, the thing is though, he's like behind this the behind this tree hiding, and Glenn one can't see the snow marks, <laughs> and two doesn't really go anywhere to look for him. Yeah, yeah, he just busts out of the bus and it's just like, where are you? How about you? Hey, have- hey, no more rape. Prompt pinky swear. <laughs> I won't rape and or kill you. So just tell me where you are. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> all right. But, all right. So uh, now we, now it's flashback time. Duncan. We it's have, flashback time. We, we go back to five years before where they have, you know, uh, per the first episode of the show, they have well, we kidnapped. Fin- we, yeah. We finally get to see what, because we saw the after effect, right? But yeah. we finally get to see what the setup was right and so after we see you know we have seen in this episode talvinder uh manipulate noah we now cut to like this survivor council that they've got set up in in the woods at night where they're telling (laughs) talvinder like gonna water out the house (laughs) yeah we're voting you off of the camp because of how much you've manipulated everybody in this group and so they're like we sentence you to a night alone in the woods and if you paid attention at all to orientation or anything camp related this should be fine you could build a fire and all that kind of thing but we're we're surrounded with fire yeah yes there are like i said it's a survivor council where you know literally (laughs) there's there's all these tiki lights like already set up with fire and a fire pit that they leave her with and i'm like this is all i need to do yeah bring it on veggies right all i gotta do is stay out here for a night and then we're totally cool after all the shit i've pulled all right yeah fine done she, yeah <laughs> and she she kind of pleads with noah she'll no don't leave me out here but even noah's like look i am i'm done with you in the in the yeah. he officially breaks with her which of course consists of saying i break with thee i break with thee i break <laughs> with thee and then you throw dog poop on their shoes that's that is the universal way to break up with someone and so he he does that and then they all hold a vote where they're like yeah absolutely we're gonna leave her out in the middle of nowhere and then they they just kind of leave her you know they walk well everyone votes apart from picard yes yes peter is you know because again if there's going to be a guy to survive it's going to be peter and then kira uh will survive (sighs) and so then we cut to everybody searching for noah in present day yeah. out in the woods and dawn is calling for him and then noah's just like help <laughs> and and dawn is like wait a second you guys did you hear something that sounds like somebody screaming is that an owl oh i love owls and yeah. <laughs> the thing is like glenn hears some shit he's like oh gotta poop right yeah, yeah. he's just like i'm getting i'm booking i'm getting the hell out of here and so he takes off running and then we cut back to Judith and Wren at the at the house, uh, chit chatting about how like there's this storm blowing in and that kind of thing. And Renee is there, yeah, um, not talking or acknowledging Wren also. And she's obviously very jumpy. Like after after Robin, aka Gay Batman, was found, yeah in a chest as nothing but a pile of blood and pieces uh she has not been doing well with any of that 
and Ren just leaves the room because eventually there's going to be no way to explain why. <laughs> I guess he, I guess more confusing though. Ren leaves the room, but will be back in this scene shortly, all bloodied and busted up. Yes, yes. So R- Renee is, is like, I'm just not sure of anything anymore. I'm just so tired and afraid. Yeah. And Judith is kind of reassuring her and so forth until, and she's like, look, everything's going to be fine. You don't have to worry about anything. Nobody's going to bust through a door and grab you. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't a- you know it, Bo, someone busts through the door and grabs her. Yeah, it, it, like Glenn comes in, hey, God, I, mean, I got you. <laughs> and so he grabs her and just starts choking Renee out while yeah. Judith is like, Ren, Ren, get in yeah. here. Yeah. And, and what I love about this is like at no point does like <laughs> does Glenn go better back off, Ren. Right. Well, yes, naturally, because uh again, not a real boy. Yeah. So Ren, you were always my favorite in the camp. I know we didn't talk much or ever. <laughs> Ren was my favorite until Noah showed up. No Noah like it like they're almost just his favorite, but the fact that, you know, uh Noah's uh, anus is real oh, versus uh Wren's, which is a decidedly ghostly rectum uh that that's what makes a difference to me personally but i like them both don't get me wrong but noah being a flesh and blood person is really what's putting him over the top he has an unfair advantage really in that he's real of, um, of so. existing yeah <laughs> existing. that is an unfair advantage yeah well, so he chokes he chokes out um well, as he's as he's choking out, uh, like Rennie, Judith makes a, a beeline upstairs. Uh, Ren gets knocked out, um, right? And essentially, but we don't see him get knocked out. We just see him on the ground, all fucked up. Uh, Judith goes upstairs and hides. Glenn goes to try and hunt her down. I do love this, and like she thinks she's kind of got away. And she turns around the corner and Glenn's staring right at her. And then Glenn just like lets he's been stuck for months in their camp, listening to them doing all their breathing and all their yoga. And it hasn't at all learned them how to calm their breath. Because mm. she's panting like a dog. He heard her through the walls. He's had enough. He fucking hates every single one of them. He, you know, he was he was gonna just wait out the winter. Um, that's all he had to do. But he's fucking this twink comes walking in, shaking his ass, getting them all hot and bothered. He's had enough. He's got. He's. You know what? He's just. He's going to kill Judith. He's had enough. Mm-hmm. He's just going to kill Judith. And then she's got her gun. Yeah, Renee shows up with with a gun and uh, the gun and shoots him in the shoulder. Yep. And no and way so you down live, he no goes. Way. <laughs> and so then we <laughs> apparently Dawn and that whole group. Yeah. Have retrieved Noah and brought him back to the cabin. And Noah's now in the bathroom, and maybe the most like horrifying and hilarious moment of the episode for me is when Dawn is like, "Hey, look, you've been through a lot. How about you just have a seat?" And he's like, "I don't think I can do that right now." Well, like, that's oh, not even no. that's not the horrific part. The horrific part is the dialogue that's written from and this bit. You know, like I always thought that you know it would be like the movies, and the police would kick down the door and save me, but the police never came. What the fuck are we doing here? Yeah, and the only person who came was Glenn. (laughs) (laughs) 
And speaking of, he's they've tied him up. In some, you're like, going to hell, Boran. So you're going to hell. Uh, flight's been booked. Um, <laughs> uh, in like an old uh, like cabin for the kids. There's a bunch of bunks around stuff. And they've just got him ch- yeah. tied in the middle of the room, like hostile. Yep. And Glenn hears somebody come in behind him, and there's a solid like two minutes of him being like, "Who's there? Hey, what? Yeah. How about you tell me like- who's there? I can't see nothing. I turn the other <laughs> but- way." There's a, there's a there's a character walking around in a parker jacket, which is the you know the costume of the killer. Yeah. Um, and then it's revealed to be Mark Stroganoff. Right. Who, with, and he's got some food. He's got a sam a plate with a sandwich on it. Bottle a of water. sandwich. Yeah. Um, and a bottle of water. And uh, he's like you know like Glenn chews him out. You know, which is an interesting thing to see. He's like that. Listen, I'm facing the wrong way. You gonna sneak up behind me? That's not cool, man. It's kind of screwed up, man. I'm just yeah. I'm sitting here in the chair. Uh, yeah, I'm accused of murder, and I clearly just raped a young man. But <laughs> other than that, how about you show me a little bit of dignity and respect? Goddamn respect. Yeah. Um. Well, he gives him a bite of the sandwich. He's like, what, what, "What's that you got there? You got a sandwich? What's the sandwich? That's kind of a bite." Instantly complains about it because guess what? There's no meat on that sandwich, bro. Yeah. It's a rainy sandwich, which means there's no. I'm surprised there wasn't shit on it. Um, she's fucking. She's gone. She's in Pluto, man. Uh, but anyway, it gives him a little drop of water, and then Mark starts doing some god honest questioning. Like mm-hmm. he's like that. Like just like tell me where the fuel is. And Glenn, I look, once again, I hate Glenn, but I kind of love Glenn because he's very matter of fact. He's like, do you think for one second if I had the fuel? For the fucking for the, the the kind of snowmobiles, I'd still be here, <laughs> right. fucking off this hill. And Mark's like, mm, "Well, why did you poison the soup?" And he's like, "Poison the soup? Wait, did someone get poisoned?" And Mark's like, "Hmm, hmm. <laughs> Do you have an accomplice?" And he's like, "No, I, d- I didn't have. Listen, I've like I've literally murdered no one except well, apart apart from that Glenn guy, yeah. right? Who I clearly did kill, but that was you know." It was circumstantial. I didn't plan to do it. You know, it was I, an accident. I didn't mean to kill him, but he started popping off, and he was so cute, I had to punch him in his face. Yeah, he's like, I only, only wanted to spend the winter here, and then I was going to be gone. And that, you know, that, that was that, that was literally. I'm not the I am not the killer. And then Mark's like, "Oh, look at this, uh, Benny Ironside. These look pretty important. These pills. Um, you probably need one about now, but uh, maybe going." Give me the, the spill your guts now. Um, to which, I mean, Glenn doesn't waver at yeah. all. And he's left in that room uh, needing his medication with a sandwich he doesn't like on the floor and the only bottle of water taken away from him. So yeah, he's having a great time. So there's a moment uh, where Judith uh, is is checking on Wren, who is nursing his bloody ghost hand and bloody ghost <laughs> nose, which... Again, once you know, and not even once you know, it's not like the show has acknowledged this, but once Ugh. you understand what is going on with this character, all of these scenes are totally ridiculous. There, there's, yeah, it's also like, because it's her imagination that's projecting this. Mm-hmm. So, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, and like, obviously she's picturing them wounded, and then she's picturing them fixing. Or, you know, it's just, it's awkward, it's strange, it doesn't make any sense, but Judas 
chatting once again, and he's very much of a listen. None of this, none of this was happening until these kids showed up. Yeah, right. Yeah, he is very anti uh, kids who probably killed Talvender. Which once that we're going to get to this at the end because like I'm even more like if I was confused in the last episode, I'm even more confused in this episode as to what exactly we are fucking doing here. Right. What is the motive? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. So all right, we we have another scene where after Dawn and Noah were talking, Dawn apparently was like, "Kara, you got to get in here and look at all this rape <laughs> aftermath." Well, and, so she's like Don still doesn't know yet he's been raped. Well, so. I, yeah, I guess that's or, true. we find out we find out in this scene. Yeah, um, Kira where, is like helping yeah. Noah get his clothes off because he's like, I just want to go to bed. I just want to go to bed. Everybody, let me go yeah. to bed. And she's like, No, no, no. We gotta let, let me get you cleaned up. Let me get you washed off, and then we'll get you to bed. And as they're stripping him down, it's Kira who's like, Oh, he has clearly been raped. And his body is fucked up as well. Like really badly, badly bruised, like really badly bruised. And um, like we see the, although this scene doesn't make sense, he's he's essentially being washed down and there's blood, like essentially running down his legs and at the drain, which we're assuming is coming from his shattered anus. (laughs) (laughs) What one presume shattered anus, by the way, my college band. Um, What a college band. It was, Um, yeah, it was uh, kind of a ska thrash core kind of thing. Um, (laughs) And as Kira's like scrubbing him down, you hear a little bit of "I know what it's like to play the crying game." And well, he's, well, he's getting he's getting all this done, and then, like Dawn's obviously horrifically upset about about this because it's another level of it's another level of something that gives me intense sympathy with Noah as a character, mm-hmm. which we're going to try and remove in in an upcoming scene clumsily. Like very, very clumsily. Yeah. Um and I don't know once again why we're even spending any time doing this when we see what happens at the end of the episode. Like this is like slasher busting its load as quick as it can every time. It starts to build up something that might prove to be something slightly interesting, and then it has to undo it like five minutes afterwards, or you know, it's like there's no confidence in any of the writing. Like at all. I mean, the writing isn't very good, so that's probably right. But there's no confidence in any one idea that they have to sustain it out longer, other than the rain isn't real. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, well, yeah, they're, they're, they're spending so much time dedicated to that. They, they can't make anyone else a consistent character. Because you're right, like Noah wavers in this from being wildly yeah. sympathetic to just yep. a horrible, horrible person. Yeah. And, and which begs the question of like, how do you, as a show, how do you want me to feel about this character? How do you want me to feel about any character? Yeah. Yeah. Like the only people I like are Mark Stroganoff, just because we haven't had the episode yet where we find out what horrible thing he's done. And next episode has to be, has right. to be next episode. And, and Kira. Kira. Yeah. Kira, like Kira, because like our, our other mate, like Peter cheated on his girlfriend like knowingly cheated on his girlfriend right which is like i I mean it's not like a capital offense where he deserves death but at the same time though and like that happened early on and we've been trying to in this show since then make him out to be a good guy who i know from early on the show cheated on his girlfriend all right to that point let's go to the next flashback where it's once again all the counselors leaving talvinder in the woods and peter is like, 
You know, everyone, I've really been thinking. In the interest of diplomacy, how about we take Talvinda back to camp? I think she's really learned a lesson here. Yeah. And Noah's like, no, no, no. F that. Because she has been manipulating everybody in this group. She's a Mm -hmm. terrible person. Peter really isn't in any position to judge this because he's a real Benedict Arnold. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's terrible. But at the same time, it did make me laugh because I love when he, he comes out with the line as well. When things start to escalate a bit, a little bit, he's like that. He repeats the line of "You're the only one that can't see that you're going to strike out with Talvinder," and he knowingly said that after he fucked her. Right. Yes. And yeah, right. And Noah throws that in his face as well. Yeah. Like, hey, you're you cannot in good conscience weigh in on anything we're doing here because you're you're kind of a cheating lowlife too. Yeah. And Talvinder then is like, oh, you want to leave me out here? Let's talk about Susan's girlfriend. Well, th- this is the bit that I was like, what the actual fuck? Who is she? Right. It, like, she is just the devil. Because she is. She is a fucking. She's a Romulan spy <laughs> like She yes. works for Romulan Central Intelligence because, like, this this to me does. Unless they really fill this in, this makes zero fucking sense. A hundred percent. Because Talvinder has dirt on everybody. Like, there's this thing about Susan's uh, ex girlfriend from like high school or middle school or something. That yeah, herself. she uh, she out, she her at school, yeah. and then this girl killed herself. Which once again. Like, think about this. What did Talvinder do? She made a play at her. Yeah. Yeah. So she, like, so, like, this is why I think she's such a fucking horrible, insidious character. Like, ge- genuinely just an evil, 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 evil character. Like, she played into that as a way to manipulate her. Um, right. So, and she um, tells Dawn, Dawn like, who slept with her stepdad. Right. Like, some real Pornhub kind of mess. Where Dawn, yeah, Dawn had sex with her stepfather to get revenge on her mother. Mother, yeah. And and then she says, look, I've got dirt on everybody Well, yeah, here. and Andy sold drugs to get into college. Right, Andy, yeah, that's right. And, and she's like, I know dirt on all of you, and if you don't take me back to camp right now, I'm going to tell anybody who will listen all of these dirty secrets that you have. Yeah. And Noah's like, ha-ha. But you don't have any dirt on me. And she's like. And then like, she goes raw on him. <laughs> it's a real, like, uh, you know, dinner table and hereditary moment where yeah. she's like, oh, you want to do this, Noah? You're right. I don't have any dirt on you because you are pathetic. You're yeah. a, a complete nothing. You're a nobody. You think a guy that, that you comes in ever- his own sock every night. Right. You think you- I was ever going to sleep with you? Yeah. No, sir. That was never going to happen. And when she starts laying into him, Noah just comes over the ring. Like he, he's like, I'm going to get her. And that's when it stops. Yeah. yeah. So it stops there. So we don't see what he actually does, but we have already been told in the past that he is the reason that things went south. Right. And you, um, you could argue it's because of this, of him making this speech like, no, 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 no. Don't let her manipulate us yet again. She deserves this fate. But so, yeah, yeah, we cut back to the present where Mark Stroganoff is telling Peter and Renee that he's like, I don't, I really don't think that Glenn is the killer. Yeah. And uh, Peter is like, I've got an idea. How about we, (laughs) 
How about we tie up this son of a bitch and use him as bait for the real killer? We did that in episode episode seven of season three of TNG. Um, and but it's also it's also like it's a total one of those. Remember, Peter's supposed to, like Peter's the guy we're supposed to be getting behind. But basically, what he's saying is this guy's completely expendable. Let's just use him. If he die, if he dies, he dies. Um, you know what I mean, <laughs> it's, it's very much that sort of thing. And of course, what Remy hears out of this is I must torture him. <laughs> Right, like she, she's like, yes, yes. I think all of this sounds great. Excuse me for a, a second. I'm gonna go. Anyone got uh, take anyone a got a anyone got a box cutter? Yeah. Um, anyone got a bo- oh, you do. Oh, thanks very much, Judith. Um, no, I'm just gonna go and cut some boxes. It's cool. Thanks. I got it from Ren. Who? Uh, never mind. Anyway, so Renee, yeah, go, goes to this. It's, just, it's, got, it's got a label in the inside that says "Property of Ren." <laughs> Oh, that would be so good. I'm surprised they haven't done it on this show. We're going to find oh, like man. a t-shirt or something pretty soon. Um, so Renee uh, goes to, to Glenn and he appro- she approaches from behind again. So he's like, hey, who's behind me? What's going on? Everybody, what's happening here? And <laughs> Renee is like, uh, you know, pulls out this box cutter and is like, so... Uh, you killed gay Batman, and I'm not going to let that pass. And he's like, hey, I never killed no gay superhero whatsoever. And she punches him in the face. Yeah. And he calls it, he says, aren't you supposed to be a pacifist? Yeah, yeah. And then Glenn, who does not ever act with his own interests in mind. Oh, God, no. This is like, <laughs> this is like, I, I mean, would it be inappropriate for me to say right now that you should just get really angry and stab me? Uh, is, is that okay for me to ask? Oh, yeah. I shouldn't ask it that way. What I should do is throw accusations about your sham marriage and the fact that you're a lesbian and gay Batman was gay. <laughs> yeah, where he's like, hey, did you both have a bouquet? Hey, I got all kinds of gay slurs to hurl at you. <laughs> hey, hey will, will that one get your goat? How about this one? Uh, I thought you enjoyed eating box and not yeah. pole. How about that? Does that do anything for you? And then she, you know, whips out the box cutter and he's trying to work his hands free. Yeah. And also, meanwhile, outside, Peter and Kira are trying to get in because they're like, listen, Renee, we know you're in there with a box cutter. We <laughs> we plan on using him for bait, so don't kill him. And but well, she stabs, she throws it into his leg, right? And uh-huh. he like lets it a howl, right? And then she grabs the rope. That is like essentially he's trying to wriggle free from, pulls it tighter, so he's stuck in there. And as she's pulling it out, she slashes upwards and cuts Glenn's face. So he's yeah. got a gash on the side of his face. And now she, you get the feeling that she isn't backing down. I think at this point, this is where Glenn realizes that she isn't backing down. So Glenn really quickly is like, "Listen, I didn't kill fucking anyone except that Glenn guy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, it was not me." And she's having absolutely fucking none of it like she is there is no way to de-escalate this yeah like, she gives all. him a thumb in the bullet hole in his shoulder oh it's beautiful it's yeah. beautiful because she rips off the tape that's covering the bullet hole and then just puts a finger right in there and he looks at a howl and of course we're outside now with wait for it we're outside with dawn uh-huh with uh peter uh-huh kira uh-huh ren <laughs> 
Uh-huh. And Mark Stroganoff. <laughs> yeah, Ren's there, like, mm. but Ren's there without Judith, so... It's so dumb. Does she imagine him out there? (laughs) Ren, at at this point, says, hey, you want me to go get a shovel? Oh, it's the greatest thing. Because they're like, is there any way? No, Judith is here. Sorry, Judith is here. Because Judith goes, um, like, they're banging the door, right? And, like, there is, like, like genuine scenes of horror happening on the other side. Because Glenn is letting it house. To which, Stroganoff has a full-on fucking panic attack. And he's like, I can't do this. Um, yeah. I got a poop. I got a poop, and so he runs away back in the house. Uh, sorry, Don isn't there. Don's in the house as well. Yeah. Uh, so he, he disappears. It was, uh, Don and Judith. I was getting more that way. Judith then remembers that there's a door to like a cellar door at the back, but it's probably buried under snow. To which Ren then says, "Do you want me to go and get a shovel?" <laughs> it's it's hilarious, and that was Which one no of no one big... reacts to. No yeah. one reacts to. Well, of course not. But that was one of those laugh out loud moments for me when I was watching the show and doing notes and stuff when he's like, hey, you want me to get a shovel? It was it was a real like, oh, great. You want me to go get donuts? Yeah. How about we get some donuts? Uh, how about so we celebrate like, with donuts? So Peter runs away to get a, the shovel. Right. Because uh, he hasn't heard Ren offer to get the shovel. Because ghosts can't carry shovels. <laughs> and, but, and inside, Glenn is like, I totally did it. I listen. Well, listen you, she she does she she goes fucking absolutely brutal on him. Mm-hmm. She cuts and she digs the 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 box cart into the back of his arm, and then she cuts out a strip of flesh like jigsaw, um, like, <laughs> and then she holds up. To the light in front of him. Yeah. And he's like, Yeah, I did it. It was me. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking yeah, did it. She gives him a whole, like, she <laughs> carefully lays the piece of flesh that she has got uh, off of him onto his shoulder and then says, I really wish I could believe you. I yeah. really do. I if If I could believe that you're truly sorry, all of this will stop. But well, so, yeah, she tells him that she wants him to say sorry as yeah. well, uh, but also tells him that if he does, she's not going to believe him. Yeah. And um, she then very coldly, very calculatedly, and very calmly stretches out that knife a little bit more, puts it to the side of his neck, and then we get arterial spray as it splashes off her face. Mm-hmm. And the most like like Glenn's dead now yep. scene. Um, of the show um and yeah like glenn has left us yeah he's not he's at the, not in the hands of the killer either by the hands of rainy who's now a killer once again another member of this commune of people that is now a killer so right uh, one of the more inconsistent characters on the show is now gone yeah. Uh, Mark Stroganoff uh, has run into the house where Dawn kind of comforts him and you know, they is, is have a, a relationship. Yeah. Is there a potential romance there? Like, she clearly likes older men from what we've been told, but is there a. Uh, maybe. I mean, look, you can't put anything above the show or beneath could the they show. Be, could, they, could they live happily ever after the end of the show? I don't know that it's going to be. I, th- I think it might be a thing where they die together. It's sort of a. a like uh, uh Frost, <laughs> like aliens, Frost and Vasquez from aliens. Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like fucking with a hand grenade. Yeah, I love it. Oh, he's hitting Frost. Little... Yeah, and then boom. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's the, what's gonna happen. 
I, I like because I, I genuinely think the next episode we're getting Stroganoff's backstory because he is he's hyperventilating. Yes. So there's some, there is some trauma. It's related clearly to the bullet holes. So we're going to get that as a backstory. However, every backstory we've had for a character in this show results in their death. It's just going to be like an Al from Die Hard where he like shot a kid who pulled a ray gun on him or something, <laughs> you know, just something terrible. Um, <laughs> so it, so right. yeah. Yeah. So back after everybody reconvenes, after Renee has had her bloodletting, and everybody reconvenes in the cabin, um, they're all they've all decided in in one of the smarter moves of the show that they're all just going to stay in the living room the entire time so they can all watch each other. Yeah. And Peter is like, "Look, I'll take the first watch. I'm not above it. I yeah. no, never never ask someone to do something that you're not willing to do yourself. So." <laughs> I will keep first watch and everyone else can get some some feels at feels at it miserably. <laughs> yes, yes. Meanwhile, Noah is like just staring off into space because of the horrifying trauma that he's just endured. Yeah, because he, he wants to see Glenn's dead body. Yeah. And so, to be honest with you, I'm kinda with Noah on this one. I would do the same. Yeah, so he like apparently after Peter is like, Well, maybe just forty winks. Um yeah. Peter lasts like 10 minutes after bigging himself up falls asleep yeah and so noah sneaks out and goes to the bunks where uh glenn is dead in this chair and he gives it a good you know fuck you which is yeah understandable and all that kind of oh 100 percent. yeah but it, then he, he, <laughs> this is fucking amazing this is this is maybe my favorite <laughs> yeah he, he, he exits and there's like a fire pit and there's a character in a parker that he thinks might be Peter with his back to him. And there's also the the dwarf from Don't Look Now uh, sitting on a... Because <laughs> it's clearly... It's clearly not a... It's clearly not a person. It's either a child or a dwarf sitting on a log. <laughs> or, or perhaps a corpse, Duncan. Let's just, let me well, just throw that yeah, out. Maybe a corpse. Yeah, yeah it's, well, well, we're about to find out. It's... Talvinder's corpse. Oh, right. Um, so he's walking towards, and then flashback ball. Yeah. All right. So Noah, uh, after being dressed down by Talvinder, is coming off the, the truck and tries to rape her. In front of everyone. The, in front of everyone against the hood of this car. And it's Peter who's like, hey, 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 mister. None of that on my watch. <laughs> And he pulls Noah off. How would you like a little taste of Jack Johnson smack? Yeah. <laughs> Look, I didn't make it through the Academy not fighting. <laughs> and the first rule of Academy Fight Club is tell everyone about Academy Fight Club. I, was, <laughs> I would come at you in a whirlwind of teeth and fingernails. I'm not kidding. He, he puts them down and Talvander's like, Oh, you're going to attempt to rape me? Right, all these are fucked now. I'm going to run off into the woods. Yeah. <laughs> so she runs off which sets them well at first they're all like what the fuck noah which by the way i would also be doing it and also i wouldn't be friends with noah again now no no like the, the fact that uh, maybe the smartest thing anyone said on this show was when susan told andy hey when you see me on the street next time yeah. keep walking we are all for forgetting about this and i'm never going to acknowledge that this happened a hundred percent, hundred percent. But it's, so essentially, once they've like all done the what the fuck, Noah, they all go running after her. Yeah. Which 
I mean, we've seen how that ends up. We're going to get there. We're going to get to the point where we see how she ends up like Sam Neill in Event Horizon um, as that scene's building up. But essentially, they're all they're, they're now running after that would be somewhere down the road. Yeah. I imagine that's Dawn's crime. I would think so. But, uh, you know, we'll get to her death in well, episode uh, seven or whatever. But Because you know, there's no one left now because we're not going to make peter the guy that's responsible for all that yeah um but yeah so essentially that's like it kind of it leaves off at that part um and then we jump back and of course he's he's walking towards asking if it's okay just to sit by the fire to who he thinks is peter um but and then yes yeah he then realizes that what is on the the log is actually a skeleton which he recognizes as talvinder um and then the the killer, Judith, uh, like grabs a can of. This is so fucking stupid, by the way. Grabs a can of gasoline mm-hmm. or petrol, as we would call it. Throws it on him, and then throws essentially fire on him, yeah. which sets him alight. He's surrounded by snow. Right. Stop, stop drop, and roll. That goes out pretty quick, by the way. Like, well, like, I mean, I'm looking at it going, how can we be so fucking stupid in this show? Well, I think maybe it's that his bottom is still sensitive. And so the <laughs> rolling around would be especially painful, more so than the, the uh, fire consuming him. It's such a fucking stupid death. It's the worst and, one out of the lot. Because and, there's he's surrounded by things that put out fire. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's a wall of fire extinguishers behind him. There's snow all around him. There's a bunch of heavy blankets. Just... In, anywhere you look, there's something to put out a fire. Uh, yeah, there's a uh, a, a sandpit nearby. It's like yeah, there's a, there's a there's 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 a shower that has been left on beside him. <laughs> it's like you know what I mean. There's everything everything that he can do to put himself out. But no, he falls face forward, um, with the fire like like still covering him like completely at the back. And we then jump back to Peter waking up from what can only be described as a great night's sleep, turning around to see Rennie, who is fucking haunted and still covered in the blood of Glenn from the night before. Yeah. It, not it's, blinking. Not fucking blinking. Right. She's doing that like thousand yard stare where she's like, I think we're safe now. We're safe yep. now because I killed him, right? Because I killed the killer. And Peter's yeah. like, look, Renee, I don't know, but you look really checked out right now. I <laughs> I don't know that we can trust you with anything. Box cutter or gun? No. Yeah. You are, you are a real back. mess. <laughs> Ren's box cutter, please. Uh, Beverly, come up here it. and talk to Renee. <laughs> well, but he's, he's looking around everyone and he notices that Noah's not in his bed. And then he goes upstairs and notices that Noah's not in his room. Mm-hmm. And as he works his way down, he realises that Noah's gone. And of course, gets a bit panicky. Rennie is in kind of disbelief about this, that anything could have possibly happened. Um, yeah. And out Kira goes again with Peter, once again, kind of signifying that they're likely to be our survivors. And they make their way up to uh the remnants of like some smoke some smoke, yeah they like, yeah they see the like black smoke rising up from us you know near that uh those bunks yeah and go to investigate and yes that's where they discover the now dead and burned noah well and the, uh, the weirdest of all details because this must have been done post-death um 
The killer has then positioned his body on top of Talvinder's corpse, maybe signifying that this is like it's like justice because he tried to rape her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe? maybe I don't know. Like again, this is a weird motive of like why have Noah be well, the was, one that's found with Talvinder's body? Well, so I like I was trying to work this back sensibly in my head, right? Which is difficult. Um. But Susan, Susan had her eyes removed. Mm-hmm. Susan's the one that saw Talvinder sleeping with Peter. Right. So maybe that's why her eyes were removed because sure. she saw too much. Uh, but I'll then I was, you. yeah. But then I was trying to work at why Andy was bloodlet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and then. Yeah, I mean that's a problem. Yeah, right. unless we get something about that in another flashback to like because we know she smacked her in the face with, you know, ultimately a, a, like a stone or whatever. But I, I kind of thought maybe that's what this signifies. But then once again, how would anyone fucking know that? Because Owen's not part of the group, right? Yeah, and the only people that know that he tried to rape Talvinder were those that were there. Right. So if Judas the killer, yeah, there's no way she would know. Well, all right. So unless Talvinder, unless Talvinder didn't die. Well, let's keep in mind that Ren is very likely this Owen dude. Yeah, but he's not right. So, but he's the one that they blame on. Right. Who killed himself. If I recall right. That's right. But he wasn't part of the group. That no, but did all the stuff there. So how I'm, would he know that? I'm wondering if, the, like, if Talvinder didn't confide in him or something, and so he knows about like everybody's dirty secrets. Maybe. And and I'm sure we're gonna find some stupid flashback where like Owen has witnessed all of this somehow because he was like hiding from the shadows or some shit. But o- otherwise, back, it's even worse then- writing than we're acknowledging. Yeah, but then and then he went back and then he did like an info dump to Judith. Sure. Yeah. And then I mean, Judith that's... decided to 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 go and live in a commune on the off chance that these kids showed up. Right. It's like I'd like my, my brain can't handle all the loops and jumps <laughs> because like Judith's been there for a while. Yeah, yeah. I I mean I don't know, man. Like it is either that or she like went to the commune because that's where her son was last happy or was last alive or something. Maybe. It just seems like, and and then she would know all these people. It's just like, maybe she's got his diary or something. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is it'll make a lick of sense. And the show took an arc that I actually thought was really interesting with Noah actually giving us a sympathetic character for a change and then destroyed that really, really quickly, and then made ultimately the victim in all of this yeah. one of the most reprehensible characters I've ever seen on screen. Yeah, I yeah, I mean that that's the thing is that the the answer to our questions is going to be dumber than we possibly imagine. Is my yeah? Because I, I was trying to think about how many slasher movies I'm aware of with the person who is the victim at the beginning that is the catalyst is evil and the only one I could come up with was um the only one I could come up with was Friday the 13th and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street sorry 
Mm, you know, like where the, yeah. the, the, the actual the actual person that's killed that the person that's seeking vengeance for is an absolute fucking evil monster. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know what I mean? You know, yeah. I mean? like, because like, like Jason dies accidentally, but Jason's an innocent, which causes his mother to do that. Uh, Michael Myers wasn't dead, so I say he doesn't count. And then every other one's like Cropsy. He's you know he's set on fire with kids playing a prank. Um, like I was thinking prom night, all, all these things that I could think of, I, I couldn't quite. You don't get that. It's just not a trope that you would do. For a show called Slasher that is clearly trying to be all these other things. It just didn't make it didn't make a lot of sense to me. But she is she's a horrible character. And there's no way, shape, or form that they will redeem Talvinder to me in any way. Um, no, yeah. That, I mean, yeah, we're too far gone because we've only got three episodes left. Yeah. And yeah. I don't in unless they're like, oh no, Talvinder was originally uh someone who worked for children's charities but then was uh taken over by an alien force or who possessed the fuck by does a she demon. have all the information and all the i unless again, she's been reading diaries but then would you write dear diary i fucked my stepfather today to get back at my mother yeah I, yeah <laughs> this, this is all just gonna be you know that, like i said it's gonna be the dumbest possible explanation and i can't wait but we've got we've got at least we've got at least one episode between us and them admitting that Ren isn't real. Like I don't Ren, think that's going to happen in six. Uh, no, it has to happen. In six. It'll be the end of seven. Yeah, it's the cam reveal. It's the end right, of seven. Right, right, exactly. So you know, uh, the tension mounts <laughs> in, in slasher. Um, so that's where we are, folks, with uh, slasher season two that there endeth uh, after they find the body there there ends the episode and and thus the end of this episode mm-hmm. uh so folks uh first of all thanks for watching uh if you're listening to the audio version of this thanks thanks for listening to that um we've got a couple of episodes left three to be exact between us and our next uh bonus episode or filler episode uh between slasher seasons uh in which we will be once more examining the work of duran duran oh we're getting to a banger as well yeah 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 we're doing uh uh rio is the next album Mm -hmm. and so we'll be doing our uh kind of live listen of of rio uh i would point out here if you are a member of the legion podcast uh patreon you will be able to get the full episode of that in about six weeks um if not, uh, you will get uh, an episode that is edited so that it's just us talking about the music. But you know how that goes. We don't. Um, we don't have any record label coming after us. Yeah, you're right. We're not trying to get a channel taken down here, people. Um, but on Patreon, we can do whatever we want. Um, so in between now and uh, obviously the audio version of this will be dropping next Saturday, and then the Saturday uh, or Sunday after that will be um us back in action to talk about episode six of slasher thank you Mm -hmm. uh richard glenn schmidt the notorious rgs saying that he is kissing our eyelids all of our eyelids yeah Uh, i've recorded with uh, richard recently we had a really fun conversation about movies that got us into horror so i've yet to have a conversation with uh with rgs that is not a delight so Mm -hmm. uh one of my favorite people on earth and has one of the 
weirdest cats I've ever heard about. <laughs> so, uh, Duncan, in between yes. now and the next time we chat live, uh, where can people find you and what are you up to? Uh, so you can check me out on podcast under the stairs. Loads going on there at the moment. I am about at the halfway mark of recording summer series episodes, which will officially start dropping first week in August. So my plan is to wrap up the remaining five this month um, and then be in a position to start giving you some quality content. I will say that thus far, the conversations have been amazing and um we've still to get to your two episodes Bo. so um those will be happening in quick succession uh but as a result of the the kind of increasing work on the prep there uh certain things have slid a little bit so chronicle um which i was kind of hoping to kick off this month is now going to be pushed back to much later in the year i just don't have time to do it me and you were supposed to have done an opera omnia which hasn't happened that we'll need to try and reschedule uh, at some point to try and get us back in or around the, the the kind of release frame for that for the end of this year finishing off Fincher, which I'm sure we'll do because we're awesome. Um, doing the nasties being pushed back as well, so it's going to be coming out next week. And on podcasts under the stairs, all the usual content that you could possibly want to check out, plus a brand new Russian roulette franchise retro for this month of July, where we are doing Scream, all four entries in that Scream retro coming up for you which i'm very much looking forward to so that can all be checked out keyputzcast.com excellent uh over on uh, the legion podcasts uh i would uh, invite listeners to check out a an exclusive new show on the legion podcasts uh network feed uh called what you watching with jamie and Bo, which is me and uh, jamie j samson salmons um discussing uh recent viewings and doing many reviews but mostly it's her telling stories about boxes of puppies that she's found and things like that so it's really an excuse to just delve once more into the mind of jamie sammons uh to try to figure out what makes her tick the answer of course uh methamphetamines um <laughs> then uh as far as stuff i do we just wrapped up uh big thanks again to to Derek bourgeois for uh, joining me on the one missed call series we just wrapped that up with one missed call three final um uh, next on hero hero go show will be a solo show that i'm going to be doing uh which will drop next weekend uh pick six movies continues its uh season 16 look at films that are like jaws with a season entitled it's like jaws uh we have just wrapped up anaconda which is now out and uh, the next episode, which will drop uh, on Friday, if you're watching this live, uh, will be on the uh, the film Orca. Ah, uh, nice. Yeah, um, which uh, is an invitation to do Irish accents, and uh, I'm pretty good at those, as you know. And uh, yeah, and then, I mean, that's just me. The, then, uh, obviously, Duncan and Bo come correct. There's hundred, literally hundreds of hours of you and I talking about all manner of things. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then there's a bunch of other uh, stuff on Legion Podcast. Uh, uh, Hail Ming Power Hour uh, is, is going to be uh, returning in grand fashion. You're going to be getting more uh, Cinema PsyOps and uh, Controllers Up, Cards Down, which is both a video and audio gaming uh, podcast. Uh, uh, hey, Sarah, join us for the end. Uh, welcome. And, um, Hi, Sarah then uh, a bunch of stuff just go to legionpodcasts.com 
uh, and you can find all the current shows available there. Kiss the Goat is back. Kiss the Goat is a fantastic show. Really happy to have that back. Um, so any number of things, uh, and we certainly appreciate both uh, uh, your your listenership and if you are one of the kind people who are uh, part of our Patreon uh, which is just uh, patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts there you will be getting some more exclusive podcasts as well as a video series called the Ouija experiment experiment in which uh, myself and uh, other knuckleheads uh, examine movies that happen to have the word Ouija in the title um, and that is generally a recipe for them being kind of terrible so uh, please join us for all of that and more uh, between Legion podcast and the podcast under the stairs. We really uh, can fill up your days with oh, nothing yeah. but excellent <laughs> entertainment. So uh, there is nothing left for me to say this time around, except to uh, to say to my good friend Duncan, say good night, Duncan. My good friend Duncan, say good night, Duncan. Ah, that's too long. Bye.